let's um if you want to you you can take your bible and uh turn to john chapter number one just so you'll have a place because they'll There'll be some places that I'm going to reference this morning that, that you don't have, uh, that you may need from John 1, and you may even want to go to Matthew chapter number 3 as well, uh, just so you'll, just so maybe you can have uh, those things, those things handy. Um, for, for a number of weeks now, we've been looking at Jesus Christ on a, maybe a more intimate level, I guess you would say, and you say, why, why, why have we been doing that? Well, I, Man, I, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we'll escape uh, the virtue of the virtue that God's given us. Just to, you know, the things that we already know, uh, we'll we'll just let them pass us by, and even getting back back to the simplicity that's in Christ. It, it's it's weird. Like, man, we we get so caught up. I'm I'm dealing with a situation right now, um, of someone that I believe. Uh, that I believe loves Jesus Christ, but has forgotten that there is just basic this this well, the Bible says simplicity in Christ. That ain't all you know. Uh, you don't have to know every doctrine uh, from the front of the book to the back of the book to have the simplicity that's in Christ. Does that make sense? Like you don't have to have that. And what what's really cool about about that whole thing is you don't have to know all the. All, all the doctrinal stuff uh, to bring people to Jesus Christ. Like that's another, it's another really big thing. And so I, I think it's been good. It's been good for me to to just look at some more, things, look at some stuff on the on the on the level of simplicity that's in Christ. And, and this morning, I, I kind of want to take another approach to that. Um, and I want to I want to look at the life of John the Baptist. Now I know we spent a lot of time. Uh, talking about John and and the way he spoke of the Lamb of God, but this morning I wanna I wanna look at John the Baptist's life, and I wanna ask the question, uh, and or answer the question rather. Was was John's life worth it? Or we could ask John, was it worth it? Was what you did and who you was was that worth it? Because see here here's the here's the real facts. There's a group of us in here. Uh, that are doing that, that are doing our best to uh, to count the cost, and 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 we're doing our best to 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 serve Jesus Christ, and to really live a life that's separated under under Christ, and and you may have indeed had had to answer the question in your own mind: Is is it worth it? Like, is what we're doing here this morning worth it? Is what I'm doing my life, specifically, is what I'm doing with my life worth it? Maybe, maybe you've asked that question before. Well, I, I want to ask John. I want to ask John uh, and look at some things in John's life this morning. John, I, I, I guess we could ask it like this. John, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it the same way? Like if you had to, if you got the opportunity to live your life all over again, and, and you, you can apply that to yourself right now. If you had the opportunity, and I want to say this from my perspective, this is just from my perspective. If I had to do it all over again, ain't a thing I'd change. Only thing I would change is that I decided, like like like, like earlier on that I was going to count the cost in following Jesus Christ. 
like earlier on, like, you know, I got saved 24. I'm talking about like, like you say, well, I thought you'd been serving the Lord. Well, uh, there, there's a difference, and there's two different kinds of serving the Lord. There's one that's kind of everybody sees, and then there's one that nobody sees. It's the one that nobody sees that really matters. And, 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 and on the outside, man, I, I, I believed, even in my own heart, I, man, I was totally sold out to serve the Lord. And then there came a time where I really, I really understood what that meant, to count the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and, but I want to ask John, I want to look at John's life. And if John had to do it all over again, if John had to go back and do it all over again, would John do it like he did it? You say, well, how, how did John do it? We're going to look at that this morning. We've got some things we're going to look at about John. Uh, all four Gospels gives us a record of the coming of John the Baptist. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> R- really, that is an interesting fact because not all four Gospels do all the same thing. Like, like they all give their different perspectives on different things. But all four Gospels give the record of the coming of John the Baptist. And listen, that's a big deal. When all four of these writers, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, decided, hey, you know what, God's like, I, they, all of this needs to be pinned down. John needs to be pinned down in every single book. In all four Gospels, I need John to be pinned down. One, I, I think that God wanted to make sure we understood uh, the prophetic seriousness behind it. The book of Isaiah gives us a prophecy of the coming of John the Baptist, one that would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, or the one that would come before the Messiah, come before Jesus Christ. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says this, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our Lord. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now why is that such a big deal? Well, here's the deal, the prophetic seriousness behind it. In all four Gospels doing it, Isaiah 40, is to let you and I know that, that God was serious about what he said in Isaiah 40 about the coming of John the Baptist. Why? Well, verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. John the Baptist had a position, and his position was to bring God glory. And the glory of the Lord was revealed in the life of John the Baptist. John's mission had one clear objective attached to it. One. And it's funny, I'm preaching this because of what I, my girls, we, every Wednesday night we have this little thing where we talk after church and Dylan started a, a thing on Wednesday nights on, on witnessing and, and, and it's, it's quite funny how the Lord does stuff. John's, John's, uh, John's mission had, had one objective. It was to be a witness. Do do you realize that's all John had to do? John had one mission. John's mission had one objective. That was to be a witness. And it was really that simple. You say, well, you're just dumbing things down. No, I'm telling you what the Bible said. His mission was to be a witness. What is a witness? A witness is someone who bears witness of what they've seen or heard. It's a term that they use in the court of law. And you're, when you're called to a witness stand and you have, to, you have to give an oath and you have to solemnly swear that you're telling the, whole, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. 
And, and what you're doing is you're testifying of the things that you heard and seen. This is what John is. He's being a witness. He's being a witness of Christ. Now, I will say that you, you and I, uh, being a witness of Christ is a little bit different. Well, how so? Well, because uh, we, we wasn't there. <laughs> right? the, the simple answer to that is I didn't get to see Jesus walking up that shore that day. The simple answer is I didn't baptize Jesus and I didn't get to see a dove descending out of heaven like the prophet said it would and it landing on Jesus Christ and then a voice coming out of heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I didn't get to see that. I didn't get to hear that, right? But we know John did. So so what does God do with and for us in this time period that makes us a witness? And I want to say this, our witness is greater because of what we're fixing to read in Acts chapter uh, 1 and, and verse number 6 through 8. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. You ready? But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, now, now what, what, let's pause right here. The, the, you're going to receive power. And you, you're, when, when you're going to receive the power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, 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 and look what happens. And you shall be what? You shall be witnesses. So the power of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter number 1 was identified by a person's witness. Not by handling snakes. Not, not, by walking across, uh, not by walking across hot coals. Not by speaking in tongues. Do you realize that? None, none of that was the, was, the, was the identifying of the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, what was, the, what was it? Well, it was you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses in your hometown in Jerusalem. You shall be witnesses in, 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 in the surrounding towns in Judea. And you shall be witnesses under the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall be. Now, I, I want to say something uh, because the Bible says something right here. That when you and I, we, we know when we came to faith in Jesus Christ that the earnest of the Spirit of God was given to us, right? We have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Why? Well, because we're His temple and we called on Him and, and the Bible's plain that He now made us His temple. And we have, we have been given the power of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 and, and the identifying marker of living within that power. Now, what you there we could almost, uh, you know, it, I guess we could quote this. Within the power that God has given us. With living within that power. Here it is. You ready? You get to see how you're living within that power and how your witnesses. You cannot say, you cannot say that you are living a spirit-filled, powerful life without a witness. You can't say it. 
It's a, it's a biblical impossibility to say that I'm living within the Spirit, I'm walking in the Spirit, and that the Spirit of God has power and it's working in my life without a witness. It can't happen. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because we, 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 like, to, we like to have our own definition of what spirit, the Spirit-filled life is. Right? We, 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 we like to have, I'll be honest, the, the, the most Spirit-filled people I ever met are people that witness. Well, you don't have to work at it then. You realize that? You don't have to. Some of us, we, we, we get ourselves all in a tizzy about working at it. I get you got to have it on the forefront of your mind. But the Bible says that you shall be witnesses. It's kind of like this. It's kind of it's like Jesus saying, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's kind kind of the same thing, right? Now I'm not I'm not going to teach you how to be fit. You're just gonna you're if you'll follow me, you'll become fishers of men. Man, God gave us the same mission that He gave John. He said, "When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and when you look at John's life, you you see that 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 we have the same mission." That John has. And, and I want to look at John 1 and I want to make a couple of observations. And I want to deal with the question, John, was it worth it? Was it worth what you gave? Look at John 1 and, and uh, look at John 1 to verse number 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He cometh, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? He confessed and denied not. But confessed, I am the Christ, I'm not the Christ. And they and they asked him, What then? Art thou lie? Art thou lies? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou? And 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 here he is. This is the quote from Isaiah. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Let's say this. And, and, they, uh, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? If thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet. And John's, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there is one, uh, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who cometh after me, who is come, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. The next day John seeth Jesus coming uh, coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. 
Now, now what, what's, so, what's so interesting, you, you read the rest of this and you'll see this same word, record, coming up. I bear record, the witness, the record, over and over again. You're finding a, a true statement having to be uh, re-upped on, if you would. I bear record, I bear record. It's, he's bearing witness of all the things that are, that are happening and pertaining concerning Jesus Christ. I want to look this morning, there's, there's three things that I've seen about John's life. Number one, I want you to look at John's role. Look at John's role. John's role, and, and we, could, we could almost say it like this if, if you want to, out beside, I think I put it on your outline. Who are you? Who are you? John 1 verse 19, and this is the record of John. When he sent Jews and sent pre, uh, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, asking, "Who art thou?" Now, 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 make sure you get this. And he confessed. You ready? And denied not, but confessed. So the Bible, we believe that every word's there on purpose for a purpose. So, and he confessed, but denied not, and confessed, uh, but confessed. So we 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 we've got a real hard line on making sure that, that, that he is confessing and, and making sure that everybody around him understands, I am not the Christ. I'm not the guy you're looking for. Like, I'm, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. The, the priests, they came and they wanted to know who he was. They wanted to know what John, like who are you man? Like what, what is your deal? And I don't want you to make sure you get this. John had a role, but it wasn't about him. John had a role, but John's role wasn't about John. Yeah, what's, what's crazy is, is, is how the Bible says he, uh, in, in verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You know what? You, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bold statement that John is emphatically trying to get us to see. You can't see a voice. Do you get that? You can't see a voice. John said, I'm not the Christ. Mate, guys, you've got to realize, you're coming out here to see me, but you, you don't understand, I'm not the Christ. That's as, uh, as effective of an evangelism method that there ever has been. It's just the pattern. You can't see a voice, and guess who else shouldn't be seen? We shouldn't be seen. But John, was it worth it? John, was, 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 was who you were, was that worth it? Was not being seen worth it? it? Let me ask you a question. Is not being seen worth it? You look, and John's got a ministry. John has a ministry. Verse 25, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? He said like this, what, 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 are, what are you doing? 
John has a John 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 has a role, and, and they're asking, "Who are you?" And John has a ministry, and they're asking, "What what are you doing? Why why are you baptizing? If thou be not the Christ nor Elias, neither that prophet, what what are you doing out here baptizing everybody?" John had a ministry though. Why are you baptizing? Well, John got his authority from from heaven. Not from men. Because he was was, uh, before commissioned to be who he was. He was commissioned by God to be who he was. And and what's interesting, the, the Jewish leaders of that day baptized Gentiles who wanted to adopt the Jewish faith. But, but what's crazy is John is baptizing Jews. He baptizing a bunch of Gentiles. John's calling them all out and said, you bunch of vipers. John has a ministry. What is he doing? Well, he's making the, the crooked path straight. He's, he's leveling the, he, 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 when it says he's bringing the hills, uh, he's, he's going to fill the valleys, he's going to bring the hills and mountains down. What, what, the, the, the lingo suggests to me and you that, that he's leveling the field. Like he's starting, if you, it's almost like this. He's starting a new game. And he needs to make sure that we're all on the same page. I'm coming to make sure that we're all on the same page. The Gentile is a viper and the Jew is a viper. The Gentile's lost and the, and the Jew is lost. And you, you need to make sure I'm, a, I'm nobody. I'm not anybody. Well, you got to be a lies. If you're not the Christ, you got to be a lies. If you're not, uh, uh, or you got to be that prophet. You got to be, I mean, you remember, he came in the spirit of Elijah. He came in the spirit of Elijah, so they, they thought he was Elijah coming back. Remember, Elijah was called out. Remember what we talked about the Wednesday night? Elijah was called out in that whirlwind. He thought he came back. He was Elijah reincarnate. It's what the, what the Jews thought. Man, look at this wild joker out here with a leather girdle and clothing, camel's hair and Eating locusts. I mean, I don't know. Maybe locusts dipped in honey is pretty good. I mean, that'd be the only way you could eat it, I think. I think I could probably eat a locust drowning in honey. I mean, can, can I ask a question? Would it have been worth it to you to do that? It, it, would it, is it worth it to you to live the life that John lived? To be the witness that God called you to be? Is it worth it to... And I'm not talking about living, uh, eating locusts and wild honey. I'm talking about living in obscurity. I'm talking about being the voice in the wilderness. Being the voice among the trees. I'm talking about being the one that, that everybody thinks this dude, you know, that, 
I mean, they're coming to see him. I mean, they're probably coming to see him. I mean, he's a dang freak show. But is that, John, is that worth it? Was it worth it, John? Was it worth it to live in obscurity? Was it, was it worth it to, to live in, in, a, in a nothingness that, that you were nobody? And, and, and John, was it worth it? you got to ask yourself that question. Is it worth it for me to live in obscurity, out of the limelight, to make sure that I'm being the witness I need to be for Jesus Christ? Like my wants and my preferences and all the things that I think, I'm going to put them on the back. But why? Because, man, if, if I don't, Jesus Christ is not going to be glorified. And so John's ministry was a ministry that was leveling the playing field. John explained in his baptism that it was, it was simply water. It's just water. It's just a sign of repentance. That's all. Guys, you're coming out here. It, 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 I baptize you with water, but there's one that's going to come and baptize you with the Holy Ghost, with a spiritual baptism. And John made it clear that he's not establishing any kind of new religion. He's not seeking to exalt himself. He's not Joseph Smith. He, he, he's pointing to a Savior. And then the, the last one, it was, was John's, John's message. It could, verse 22 gives us a, the, the little prayer. What are you saying? What are you saying? They said unto, them, who, unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them. What sayest thou? Of thyself, something John is 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 saying. Uh, uh, John's message, obviously, is Christ. But he spent his whole life dedicated to bringing Christ glory. He spent his whole life doing that. Like he spent his whole life separated unto one thing, and that was to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And, and we could, John, was the message worth it? Was what you were saying, was it worth it? Now, now something very intriguing, and only in the book of Matthew does it happen. But in the book of Matthew, chapter number 11, something really interesting happens. Verse number 2. I want you to look at this. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two disciples. Now, now there, there's, uh, John has been locked up. John has been locked up because uh, John's got a backbone like a saw log. Herod has went and taken Philip's, uh, Herod at the time has went and taken Philip. Philip, his brother's wife, he dumped, He got tired of his wife. He dumps his wife off. And he goes at, to his brother's house. And he gets his brother's wife. And he brings her back. And he now makes his, his, uh, her his wife. And he dismisses his wife. 
And John calls it out. John's like, that's wrong, man. You bunch of wicked jokers, you're, you're off over here messing with, with another man's wife. That's wicked. You shouldn't be doing that. That's vile. You shouldn't be doing that. And, it, it, and, and are you ready for this? It hurt Herod so bad. I mean, it, it tore Herod out of the frame. Man, I mean, the, the Bible says that, that Herod actually liked John the Baptist. He thought he was a holy man. He had, he, he, he had observed John the Baptist, and he's seen John the Baptist's ways, and he realized that John the Baptist was something different. But, but you know what's crazy? That old wicked heifer that, was, that, that he had made his new wife, she wasn't having none of it. So, no, no, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that joker. We're, we're not doing that. I'm not, not going to be dealing with this dude calling me out forever. And so what happens is Herod makes a, a deal and has her daughter dance for him. Now, I don't know what all that entailed, but it had to be pretty serious. Because it was so bad, so he said, I'll give you whatever you ask for if, you'll, if, if, if your daughter dance for me. He says, she says, get, you ready? I want the old preacher man's head. I want the old preacher man's head in a charger. Bring, bring the head. This, this, this joker was crazy. Bring the head of John the Baptist. I want to make sure that his head is severed from his body. That must have been some serious conviction. That must have been some serious conviction that she looked at them too and she said, you've done your husband wrong and you've done your wife wrong. You've done Philip wrong and you've and you done your wife wrong. It must have been some serious conviction when the one thing that she said was, I, I'm going to need John the Baptist's head in the charger just ASAP. Well, John's in prison because of it. John's locked up, and, 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 and John's about to be beheaded. And so John makes a statement in, in the middle of, of prison. Now, you're probably a better Christian than John. But John asked the question. You ready? Verse, verse 3. Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, now you may be asking the question, wait a minute, John 1, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world two different times. He didn't just say it once. Two different times he says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He knew who Jesus was. But he asked the question, art, art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Man, Jesus is, I don't know, I figure Jesus probably moved with a lot of compassion. Because he answered and said, go and show John again. Again. There's a good chance that, that they'd already shown John the things which, which Jesus had done, the things which they heard and they seen. And he says, go show him again and, 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 and tell him that the blind receive their sight and that the lame are walking and that the lepers are cleansed and that the deaf hear and the dead are 
are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? But what, what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. But what went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the, uh, thy way before thee. Verily I say unto thee, Among them that are born of woman, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. There's a lot to pull out of this. But I want you to notice first, that Jesus says, make sure you go back and tell them again that the blind receive their sight and that the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news, the gospel preached unto them. You go back and tell John that. Go back and tell him that he done a good job because I'm getting, you ready? I'm getting to do my job. Are, are you? Are you, are you tracking when I say that? Jesus was getting to do what he was purposed to do. You ready? Because John did what John was purposed to do. And, and friend, I don't know if you know this or not, but you've been given, 1 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 21, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And if you and I will do our job, then God gets to do his job. Do you realize that when we fail on our job, you say, you, you think me not witnessing the people is a bad thing? Well, I, I think you're crippled too high for crutches if you don't think it is. I think you're, I think you're self-conceited and, and, and in your own self-conceit you lie. I think you serve your belly. I think you serve the God that is inside of you, uh, the God of your own self. And I don't think you're serving Jesus Christ. Because the facts was that the, the, the deaf were hearing and the dead were raised and the gospel was being preached. Go tell him that. That his life was not a waste. John, actually, I... Verse 7 says, and as they departed, this could go one or two ways, but I, I, I don't think, I don't know. I, I don't think, though, I think these boys, uh, these two disciples had already left when, John, when Jesus really stood up and spoke out for, for John and said, man, there, there's not a greater among, among them that are born of woman. So what was John asking when he said, "Art thou he that should come, or should, or do we look what do we look for another?" What what was John asking? Here's what I believe John was asking: Was my purpose in life real? Was what I was prophesied to do? Was what I was born in this world to do? Was that real? 
I believe he was asking, was, was my life worth it? Was my life in a prison and eventually with a, his head in a charger beheaded, was it worth it? Was his death worth it? Was me living this life that I lived to bear witness of Jesus Christ, was it worth it? I believe he's asking, did, you ready for this? Did I give my life to live a lesser life so that Christ could be glorified? Did, did I live my life, a, a, did I live a lesser life so that Christ could be glorified? Some of us in this room think think about the the we, we we're we're all the time weighing out our options in the, in in this being a lesser life living for Christ. Well, well, I, I got news for you. Living a lesser life so Christ can be glorified. It was worth it for John the Baptist. Well, I, I believe John's asking. Did I give my life to the right thing? Did I give my life to the right person? How about this? Was being a witness worth it? You imagine sitting in that jail cell. They, they say it was, uh, there's, uh, I can't even, Micaius, I think is how you say it. Micaius Dungeon. Like almost like a maximum, maximum security prison of today that's where John was history says that's where John was kept and in this dungeon I, I, I can't imagine how John felt after giving his life to something and then all of a sudden being on lockdown John's role and, and John's ministry and John's message was all about Jesus Christ. And now, he, man, all, I, I, my life, is, I'm, I'm literally nowhere because my role and my ministry and my life was about another person and it's got me thrown in jail. And now John's role and John's ministry and John's message, they're all being called in question by John. I would imagine there's a lot of us in this room that have called into question our own lives the same way John did. Is this worth it? Man, man is this worth it? Is coming and doing this thing, is, it, is, is this really worth it? You ever just sit around and wonder, man, is, is all of the things that I got going on, is, is the life that I've totally sold out to, that I've given to, I've given myself, is it really worth it? And you're crazy if you think, I ain't never asked that question. That's actually why Jesus said to count the cost. You need to make an educated decision here. Count the cost. Get a stinking piece of paper out and a pen and count the cost. Are you willing to die? Are you willing to live a life that is a voice in the wilderness? The one thing he wanted John to know, I think shows the heart of John. He wanted John to know that 
the blind people were seeing, the lame people were walking, the lepers are cleansed, deaf were hearing, dead were raised up, and the poor had the gospel preached. I think that reveals John's heart. I think John, when he went back, I think John was not, I think they departed. Me personally, according to the Bible, I think they departed and they were already gone and they never got to hear the words, there's never been one born among women better than Better, greater than John the Baptist. I don't think them two disciples ever got to hear that. I think, I think the sufficiency of verse number 5, that the blind are receiving their sight, and that the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, and the poor have the God. I think, I think John probably crossed his arms, leaned back in that jail cell saying, I'm all good. You all good with that? Are you, are you all good with that ministry? What is your heart? What, it, what, it, what is your heart? Man, you're, you're in a jail. Let's just say you're, you're contemplating it now. Your role and your ministry and, and your message and your thinking. What is your heart concerning that? Is it worth it? It is the old prophecy of Isaiah 61 that the Spirit of the Lord, uh, uh, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, and, to, and He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the opening of the prison to them that are bound. It, is, is that enough to give your life to the mission that Jesus has given to us? I don't know. It's one of them things, man. You got to make that decision. Yeah, and you can come play that piano if you want to. Luke, six, Luke 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he was sent into the, he, he, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of the sight of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That was the mission of Jesus Christ. And John's role. And John's ministry and John's message were all wrapped up within the mission of Jesus Christ coming to this planet. That's what he said. He said, man, here's, here's the deal. All I'm ever going to get to do is to be a voice in obscurity. And I'm okay with that. I'm going to die. He's going to die in a moldy, damp dungeon all by himself. There's going to be a bunch of Roman guards standing around, standing around him, and, 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 and I, don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know how it worked. I don't know if it was a sword or an axe or guillotine. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know what separated and severed his head from his body. But that was the life that he chose. John the Baptist chose 
to give his life to be a witness. That's all he done. And you know what you know what happened? Got him killed. Caused him death. So I'd, I'd ask you. I'm afraid I know the answers to some of us. I'm afraid we would say, no, man, I, I, I ain't dying. Some of us may say, I, 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 I'm going to die. The bad thing is we're not willing to live. John, was it worth it? I believe, I don't think we'll ever have time, nor will we care, but I believe if we did go and ask John, was it worth it? I bet. I believe John would say it was. I believe if we asked Paul, Paul, was it worth it? Was it worth it to be beat? Was it worth it to, to suffer the beatings and the shipwrecks and, and, the, and, and, and the starving? What Paul, was it worth it? I believe he'd say it was. Peter, was it worth it to die like you died? John, was it worth it to be to be boiled and, and then sent to the Isle of Patmos? John, was, was it all worth it? Yeah, I believe they'd all say, yeah, it was worth it. What was worth it? was worth being a witness of Christ to endure such afflictions. Let me ask you this. What if John was standing here and he asked you, Is it worth it to you to be a witness? Is it worth it to you just to be a witness? To be a person that can testify the things you've heard and seen? You've been endued with power of the Holy Ghost. What John, John never got to feel the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God. And he did what he did because that's what he was called to do. You've been called to do the same. I've been called to do the same. We've been called to be witnesses. Let's do this. Every head bowed.